It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Carcone Carney, I'm James Van Osdell. The show brought to us tonight by our friends at Siren Records in McHenry over there on Main Street. I spent my entire record store day at Siren Records McHenry, and you can go there too and do as I did. Go through the stacks, find some old stuff. They have all the new stuff you want, and they have gear there too. Audio gear. I bought my uh, cassette deck and speakers and receiver from Siren Records McHenry. So, that guy right there, he is, is he's an old friend. He's also one of my favorite songwriters it is David Singer sitting Hi. in the front seat. We're at, we're at Roma's. Yeah, we're at Roma's. On Cicero. On Cicero, not to be trifled with. So if you've ever find yourself near Montrose and Cicero, do yourself a favor. Get over to Roma's and tell Fred that Fred James Van Ostel sent you. Fred's a talker. He's a talker. Every time yeah. I've come here, he, he he's a talker. It's a genial experience eating at Roma's. It's it not is an a, anonymous experience. It is he a, wants to know what what makes you taste. I love it. And the food's great. I, I want to mention before we dig into the Roma's food, and I'm dying to do that because it smells awesome, and I do love coming here. I've, I've legitimately been here a bunch. Um, before we do that, I want to mention that as we're recording this, today is June... Today's June 16th. Is it? Yeah. How did that happen? Yesterday was June 15th. Mm, interesting. So today is June 16th. On June 25th, that is the deadline. That's it for my, my crowdfunding campaign for Phonation. Oh, for Phonation, which is the LP with the podcast stuff on it. That's it, David. Singer. Yeah. It's Brendan Phillips' birthday that day. Kid Million bass player Brendan Phillips, June 25th. It's also exactly six months away from Christmas. It is. Right? That doesn't mean that James is the Antichrist necessarily. I, I don't know much about numerology, but so Phonation, it is 10 Chicago-based podcasts pressed onto vinyl. To some just hearing it, they, they think this is madness. This is quixotic. What, what, what is this? This is madness. It's quixotic. What is this? They say exactly that, uh, but it's not. It is a, a commemorative, collectible, highly enjoyable vinyl pressing, limited 500 pieces. You know how pressings go. I mean, once they're gone, they're gone. They're currently selling uh, JPEGs of art online for lots of money. So the idea that this is somehow crazy, that you're going to take a thing that is normally ephemeral and turn it into like a permanent record of a brief moment in time, that's crazy to me. This makes perfect sense. It's a -a one-of-a-kind document. I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't want a copy. Thank you, David Singer. And you said it. To me, this is a way to actually have a physical something tied to a podcast because you don't right now they're, you're right they're ephemeral you download them to your phone no here today gone tomorrow this is a way to actually have something this token is going to be mad fungible that's for sure it really Stop is it. so yeah I, I knew you were going in the nft direction i'm like please don't make me explain what this is although you kind of did explain what an nft is yeah am i allowed to swear on the podcast what's the what's the yeah yeah it's bullshit is what it is it's a way for the ruling class to extract more wealth <laughs> from the proletariat, what it is. And it should be stopped by force if necessary, but that's my opinion. The fucking ruling class. Yeah, they're the worst. So David Singer and I, like I mentioned, I've known him for years. I've interviewed him a bunch through the years through various bands and solo experiences. I mean, dating back to Fix Your Wagon and then Kid Million and then the solo thing and then David Singer, film director, uh, David Singer, solo 
tonight, uh, we really have never swore in interviews for you know, in all this time. Even when you did my 600th episode, I don't think we really. No, I don't think so. so this is I try to be you know collegial and like if I don't know if swearing, yeah. I'm a fairly profane person. You are. There's swearing on my records. Is there a correlation between people who are literate and profanity? I find that the smarter people are, the more they swear. Wow. I think that there's a study there. I'm sure a study exists. I believe that's true. I say that I don't trust people who only swear a little bit and then act shy about it. Mm. There are some people I know who don't swear at all, and I feel like that there's a certain kind of like gravitas to that. <laughs> there is, but there, yeah. But I also people who swear a lot are really the people who I spend most of my life with. Uh, before we open the food, I want to touch this because I don't necessarily want to touch this after my hand is. Right. All oh, oh, juicy. That's it. This is Kicks is the new album from David Singer and the Sweet Science. It is, David Singer, I think, your best work to date. I think it is, too. But, I mean, like, every asshole says that when they put a new thing out. This is the best thing I've ever done. But this, like, actually is. Uh, this, this really is. This came the. This is the closest thing to realizing what I set out to do. And that has... There we go. I, I just got a boner taking this record out of the sleeve. <laughs> I hope that's why. <laughs> um, th- look, the reason that it's good is because I'm uh, lucky to play with the best band I've ever had the privilege of putting we're gonna, together. We're going to talk about the band as we as we eat here because sonically, there's a lot of cool shit going on here. Yeah, well, also, and I was going to say, the, uh, the reason that that's true is because my uh, compatriot and collaborator of 25 years, Brian Deck... Is on the on the board for this record, Brian. You know, as a member of Red Red Meat and Caliphone, but also produces Ohm and Iron and Wine and Modest Mouse and a bunch of fancy records. And, fancy records and me, and he produced my record too, which is in a different category. Yeah, Brian's world class, and this album sounds amazing. We'll talk about it before we get there. We've got to eat food. That, that's yeah. the ceremonial. Bet. Order right, let me get in on this. Yeah. So you ordered just a straight ahead Italian beef. Yeah, I don't know why. It somehow felt like the Atomic Combo, which I assume that's what that is. The AC. I feel like that was going to make it problematic, but I think with benefit of hindsight, it probably gives it structural integrity, and I should have gotten it. So the Atomic Combo is an Italian beef with... It's a beef combo, beef and sausage combo, but the sausage is a hot Doug's spicy sausage. Shout out to Doug Sohn. What's up, gang gang? He may be watching right now because that's all he does is hang out at home. No, he goes to Cubs games. True, but I think the game's over. All right, so you got a, a beef. Yeah. You got it uh, wet with jardinera. Yeah, I would normally get it hot and dipped, but I just got wet because I didn't want to mess up the car. Worst things have happened. So I did the the Atomic Combo, which, again, it's the hot, spicy hot dog sausage and the jardinera, which means I'm going to sweat and I'm going to cry. Is there a Japanese fetish site that we know of <laughs> that concentrates on middle-aged Jews eating meat in cars? Because if so, we want to make sure that they know about this as part of my relentless PR campaign. <laughs> I love it. Uh, my hand's already greasy. Yeah. This, That's the mark of th- quality. Th- this is why I'm back in the car. This is, this is why I struggled. This is why I sheltered in place for 14 fucking months so that I could get all ojuzy. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, I'm already on fire. I'm... That's right. I, the thing about Jardinera, if you 
take too much of it in. It's the oil that makes you all like hiccupy. Mm-hmm. I'm almost there. You don't get this a lot on interview shows. No, no. Oh. Suck on that, Hodakati. Suck on that. All right, so vicious kicks. Oh my God, David. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you need a drink? Should I call nine one one? I'm good. And I've got to eat this quickly. This, there's there's a little bit of a challenge to this because the integrity, as mentioned, is is fading. Yeah. The the juice is tearing through the French roll. I'm about to lose the sausage. Wow. Yeah. All right, so let, I'm going to ask you a question so that you can start talking so I can... All right, hold on. Let me get a bite in and then you can ask me a question. I actually bring typewritten notes now. Oh, oh actually, before we talk about Vicious Kicks, you wrote a song... <coughs> <laughs> yes. I have to laugh. This is amazing. Uh, you wrote a song. Uh, it's the Ballad of the Great Lake Jumper. Yeah. That, that's new-ish. Well, I've known Dan O'Connor for a really long time, the Great Lake Jumper himself. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a bunch of mutual friends going back to his days at Spin. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, you know, a, he's a Chicago institution. And so I found out he was doing this thing, and he invited me to do it. And uh, our mutual friend, Jason Roth, mm-hmm. who's a... A big shot uh, music PR guy. Not to mention the guy who turned me on to cool music when I was 10 years old. Hmm. Uh, so he's like, nobody wrote the song. And I was like, well, I figured if I don't do it, then Langford's going to have it done by tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> exactly. So I'd John be- Langford? I beat Langford to uh-huh. it. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little song celebrating the great work of the Great Lake Jumper. I think it's out, but I'll, t- I'll put it up on my band camp. I think it's on my band camp. It's on camp, your band right? camp. Okay, great. And to, um, to explain, he went into the lake every day for a year. He's still going. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Saturday was a year, but he's still going. Um, he would go out every day, regardless of weather, and jump into the lake, which initially just started as a way to cure a hangover and ease his uh, pandemic malaise. Mm-hmm. And then he kept going and kept going, and he felt better, and it he said, well, if I keep going every day and raise awareness for Civil, which is the organization that encompasses all the Chicago music venues. Chicago Independent Venue League. Chicago Independent Venue League. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he kept going, and he would have to go out in the dead of winter. He would be out there with a the shovel, like, chiseling a hole in the ice to get himself in. I think only a couple times did he jump in the harbor instead of the lake to, like, save his own life. <laughs> he showed just enough self-preservation instinct to do that. Yeah, I mean, this is through the winter. Yeah, through. The, I mean, like the whole... We're now at day 369. Speaking of quixotic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I wrote him a song to talk about the Great Lake Jumper, and it's on Bandcamp, and I think it's like a dollar. But anything that anybody... You can go listen to it there, but if you want to buy a copy of it, whatever money comes in on that, of course I will give to Civil also, because... Those are the people who've created an environment for me mm-hmm. and people like me to like have a creative life and outlet. Absolutely. Nose is running right now. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Why are you such a baby? Because I'm eating mine and I'm fine. Okay. You ha- you only have the Jardinera. I have the Jardinera. Oh, you have the atomic sausage? The, right. It's a sausage. Come on. It's a hot dog sausage. Yeah, it is. He doesn't fucking It's an excellent sausage. I mean, I'm not, I'm not disparaging the this sausage. This really... I've said it before... Uh, Fred inside, inside Romans has said it before. This really is one of Chicago's best sandwiches. It is. I strongly believe that. It's legit. It really is. Uh, it's a little pricier than a traditional Italian beef sausage combo. This is totally worth it. Yeah. I love it. It's a vicious kicks. Yeah. Hold on. 
Let's show the people again. I can't this even touch it. it. This Vicious Kicks, the album right here. Let me tell you about the cover image and the back cover image. They were both photographs taken by a fellow named Eric Colonius, and it was for the Docu America project, which in the 70s, back when we had like a functional government under Nixon, uh, the EPA spent a bunch of money to send young people out to take pictures of blight, both urban and rural, and those pictures are the property of the federal government, and as such, they are public domain, mm. and they grace mm. the cover of my album. But Vicious Kicks. Because it looks like something taken, like a still from the Warriors. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's probably contemporaneous to that, although the Warriors is 1980, mm. right? Mm. Maybe 81? 79, maybe. Okay, so either way. So five years before this. Mm -hmm. And I'm from New York. I lived there at that time. I, I don't even think of you. I mean, I know that, but... You, yeah. are, you are so Chicago at this point. I mean, I've been here since I was 10. I uh -huh. mean, it would be like those people who like keep an Australian accent even though they've lived here for 30 years. I'm not, I'm not fronting. I'm from here. All right, let's talk about some of the music. Ambitious yeah. Kicks. If you're watching, I'm sorry. I mean, like chowing this down. <laughs> this is what I have to do on Carcon Carney in order to do an interview. Like The I, Japanese are going to love this footage. That, by oh, they are. They are. They're going to be selling my NFTs of me like... <laughs> Yeah, licking my lips, um, but yeah, I have to eat quickly in order to do the interview, and especially when the 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 hull is breaking. Right, I have to speed into action. So let's talk about the album. Uh, it starts with Evil Steve. Yeah, which I, I've played on the radio before. The, this is like your glam moment to me. So uh, as everyone was spending the last year locked in a room, me among them. Mm -hmm. uh, it, we all started going a little bit crazy, but unlike most normal people, I spend my life at home in a room, like, making mm -hmm. stuff by myself. So that kind of isolation I was kind of used to. Nonetheless, it was difficult for me and my family and every, like everybody else. But I found myself, instead of, like, feeling morose, it made me feel like I wanted to push back against the bondage of the pandemic lockdown. Mm -hmm. So... I started, like, listening to The Sweet and The Status Quo. Okay, so I'm not imagining that. No, I mean, that's what I was 100% trying to do. And so I try, I made a rock record. Like, despite the fact that it's a lockdown record, it's certainly the most, like, quote-unquote rock record I've made since Kid Million's last record. It is. In Yeah, which is a long time ago. Uh-huh. And uh, it feels good. And now that we've been liberated enough that I am... I get to play with my cool band and we've got shows coming up and like it's fun to play that stuff instead of my like mid-tempo musings on the alienation of modern life like playing a song that uh you could set explosions to feels good i love it and i totally get that and i think everyone responded to the pandemic differently and no response was wrong per se everyone had their own yeah custom reaction to this no some were wrong some were wrong i would Fair. say that like the republicans in the senate <laughs> re responded wrong i would say that uh bill barr responded wrong I, i'm talking about civilians i would say whoever put the masked singer on the air responded wrong that's a horrible idea i don't know i don't it's one of those things where i just like don't understand the appeal there are things that i'm not interested in that I'm like, okay, that's fine, mm -hmm. you do you. But then there's things I was like, 
you really needed to see Florence Henderson sing White Rabbit? Is I assume that's what goes on on that show. That is what goes on. See, I can make a case for Holy Moly, the miniature golf com- competition show. Yeah. Can't do it for the mass Singer. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's not my thing. But anyway, yeah, everybody reacted differently. And uh, politicians aside, people's reactions were... Yeah. It was like Lori Lightfoot, for example, decided that what you should do is like give as much money to cops so they would like her, even though they openly hate her and everybody knows it. So, so the, sec- the second song on Vicious Kicks, I like how you set this up, is Cop Story. Yeah, it is. That was intentional, right? It wasn't, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, Cop Story. I love the the backup vocals on this. Thank you. I mean, really nice layers. This is kind of a slow burner for me. Uh, cool. Yeah, I I like that song. It's fun to play, and uh, it means a lot to me. Like most human beings with a conscience, I was uh, revulsed by the behavior of the Chicago Police Department and police departments everywhere during the Black Lives Matter movement and other large-scale outdoor protests. And I think that the police departments are essentially an unsupervised gang who exists to, uh, you know, uh, just protect the owners of property against the people who they're supposed to protect. So uh, I was disgusted by their behavior, and I thought, instead of writing a, you know, you know, Cops Are Terrible song... I would write a song from the perspective of a police officer talking about his experience during the riots, and uh, I'll let the audience decide where it comes down. I've said this before, and I'm sure other people have said it as well. I'm surprised there weren't more political songs coming out of the pandemic. Or maybe we're we're just now going to start to hear them as we are with Vicious Kicks. I hope that that's true. Uh, I think that it exists. I think that... Let me talk a little bit about what Vicious Kicks is about and why I think that there is and will be more political music. Is that as politics and the world has become more granular, that every decision that a person makes has become more and more political. What Vicious Kicks is about to me, and you don't need to know any of this to like or listen to the record. Right. We've become completely desensitized to being a human being all of us have, that you sit there in your house and you flip channels or you're on the internet or you're on your phone and you're doom scrolling past, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, genocide in Myanmar or earthquakes or just the, like, the abject failure of the Republican Party to defend the Constitution of the United States or anything else. And you're like, yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, whatever. And, like, none of it... None of it. ...really penetrates the... It doesn't really affect you because you've been we've been so we segmented that it's possible to keep yourself kind of sealed off from well, things I, that I agree upset with that. you. So I think that people are looking for things that are more and more provocative to break that sort of like paralysis of of modern life of like the uncanny experience that passes for being a human being right now. So as things get more and more weird and we get more and more desensitized, the kicks have to get ever more vicious to puncture the... There it is. Right? Kicks just keep getting harder to find. It's true. Look, are we going to talk about Paul Revere and the Raiders? Because I'm a fan. (laughs) I'm, I'm totally a fan. Yeah. In fact, I think that one of the many things about 
Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that is amazing and there are a lot of things about that movie I think are amazing is the absolute elevation of Paul Revere and the Raiders oh, which I think has previously been undersold agreed good thing yeah it's, that that's as good as it gets right yeah. there alright moving on the album 4849 keep on impressing yourself what's this one about um this one is about uh the insecurity of becoming uh an older person and as feeling, in 48 49 years old yeah something like that uh huh and uh, feeling, trying to figure out who you are uh, in the context of this of the world you've ensconced yourself in. Uh, when I started making records, I was young, and now I'm less young, and I care about the music just as much. But it's, you know, I got to a point in my early 30s where I was like. You know, if I was going to be a rock star, I feel like it probably would have materialized by now. <laughs> and so I started doing a bunch of different things. I went back to school. I wrote a book. I made a couple of movies. And I tried to, you know, to mix it up a little bit. Uh, I do this. I make records and I eat beefs and cars because it's fundamentally who I am. Mm -hmm. So about it's the song is about like recontextualizing what that stuff means to me in my life. And you said it already, but the beauty of music is there's the meaning. There's there's what's generated these songs. But you can listen to it on the surface, and none of that stuff even needs to land. It's totally fine. Like, if Target wants to use Cop Story in it, they're welcome <laughs> and they to. Should. It's totally and they fine. Should. Mm -hmm. They should. I mean, I'll take their money, and I'll use it for something good. Uh, Without You is one of my favorite songs on the album. Thank this, you. This, to me, it, another slow-burning kind of song. Yeah. But uh, this this just has all the right vibes for me. Well, thank you. I listen to a lot of R&B, which... Like classic R&B, like Otis Redding, or like Well, yeah, but yeah. I, mean, I listen to a lot of old R&B, but I also listen to a fair amount of like modern and recent vintage R&B. Mm -hmm. And so I spent a lot of time in the last year listening to Jeremiah and listening to The Dream, and they're like R&B producers and songwriters whose work I really like. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, nobody was around. So I just started experimenting and I sort of built that song from scratch in my little home studio. And then we went in and obviously Brian helped turn it into the big thing that it is now. And the band plays on it and everything too. But it started out like, well, what can I do with just my little toys? Talking about the fancy production that Brian brings to the table and the fantastic players you have on this album and in your band and we'll be able to see them live soon enough uh miss connection the acoustic guitar in this sounds amazing uh, that's a violin i'm listening to it there. is a violin you're listening to holy shit that sounds great you know why because she's really good that's my friend andre coulant who is a violinist and violist violist yeah sure violist, violist. of incredible skill she was in a band called the 1900s who i know yes. that you know yep and if you don't know the 1900s, you should go seek them out. They are an excellent Chicago mm -hmm. band. Um, Andres played on stuff with me for a long time, and she's elevated everything that she's ever touched, including I was lucky enough to score her. She worked on the music for a play I worked on called August Osage County, and so she helped me like figure all that stuff out and like how to make it good. Yeah, that's a great song. Thank you. Another favorite of mine. Uh, the Birds Along the Rail, another song I've played on the radio. This to me sounds very much like a David Singer song. Yeah? Well, that's good. I mean, I, obviously you are a David Singer. I am. But it, 
as we're talking about how this is a more rocked up thing than you've done since Kid Million, like this feels more like the David Singer we've come to know over the past 20 years. Well, thanks. I mean, I don't, I don't think about the, like the weird genre foray stuff I do as being like outside of what I do. I feel like I just do whatever interests me. And that's what, that's one of the advantages of not selling that many records. It's like, who's going to tell me no? Well, that, that's the beauty of being an independent artist. You, you have your vision and you fucking run with it. I, I'm just going to do what I do and fuck everybody. That's my motto. So, yeah, I'm going to write a... That song's about craps. Play craps? I've never played craps. Everyone in my high school played craps. I never played craps. So, yeah, that song's about... So, I enjoy gambling. I have some basketball bets that are going right mm. now I'm interested in. Uh, but uh, I, I like gambling. And the thing about craps that's interesting if you play craps in a casino is that unless there are some like immoral assholes who are betting the don't pass line, you can everyone is sort of rooting for the same outcome. Mm-hmm. So you get these times where there's like a alliance of strangers who are all rooting for fortune to shine on them at the same time. And it feels like you're all part of a team and then the roller sevens out and everybody goes their separate ways. So it's sort of about the shifting alliances that take place around a craps table. I love it. Now, had I known about your gambling habits and interest, we could have done prop bets like, will I spill food on myself as we record Yeah, the I'll show. take the over. Take the over on <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's the safe bet. Yeah. I mean, you, you yeah. know what you're, you're a gambler. You know what you're I'm doing. a gambler. I mean, I'm not a gambler. I mean, like, I've ne- I don't like, I'm not like, it's not an uncut gem situation. It's like me betting 20 bucks on, I got Utah minus three tonight, by the way, so it's gold. I mentioned the backup vocals on Cop Story. Baker and I, yeah. again, I mean, it just, these, these songs just sound so big and so dense and so layered and cool, and this is another example. Thank you. Baker. The background vocals on Baker and I, which do sound really good, in my opinion, I mean, it's my record, but I didn't sing them. Those are sung by uh, Heather and Mike Simons, mm-hmm. who are uh, in my band, and they're married, and Mike Simons is my friend of 30 years and the executive director of Intonation, which is a nonprofit organization that Mike started and I'm a founding board member of. And we do, we had a music festival for a couple of mm-hmm. years. And then we realized that like arguing with Ghostface's manager about plane tickets sucks. <laughs> yeah. So then we took all that energy and we turned it into a nonprofit and we do free music education for kids all over the south and west side of Chicago. We do about 800 kids a year we're on year 14 now, that's think, so maybe great 15 and uh you know I mean, that have... in itself that, that's another interview we should do with, with mike we should, we should do, do it with mike yeah um and we could also do it with wyatt waddell do you know who wyatt waddell is i interviewed him uh, on this show during the pandemic okay, so wyatt was in our program when he was like a little kid get out and i met him then and he was we we're like wow this kid is super talented super and talented. he told me like you know he was probably 11 at the time and he was like, and I was like, what are you into? He's like, well, my favorite band is the Osmonds. And I was like, what did you just say? Like, are you... But, uh, I mean, Wyatt's a, a special performer and a special guy. And uh, He recorded yeah. the song of the summer, or the song of the pandemic. Yeah. It sounds misleading to say song of the summer. Like, he... Right. He, he's great. Oh, yeah, he's great. And he, but he came out of our program. But the program is not about, like fostering I mean we want to create an environment where it can happen but we're not trying to create a whole army of virtuoso musicians we're trying to help kids get exposed to the things that being a musician can change in your life like 
if I show up every day and practice, I'm going to get better. I have to listen to what the other people in the band say in order for us to meet our collective goals. And it's a really cool organization that I'm really proud of, and it has absolutely changed a lot of lives and people in Chicago. So the organization is called Intonation, and if you go to intonationmusic.com, you can learn more about us, and I really hope you do. Talking more about the music, the, the sounds that we hear on Vicious Kicks, the new one from David Singer and the Sweet Science. Uh, Guitar-wise, Polaroid has... The lead guitar effects almost sound like island-like or... <laughs> well, we did. We tried a bunch of... There's a bunch of different textures in that one. So that, mm-hmm. there's that solo section, and in the one part of the solo section, Ronnie's playing like a fast tremolo slide guitar lead while I'm playing two Nashville-tuned acoustics arpeggio underneath. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of that, a lot of the credit goes to Ronnie, who's an incredible guitar player. Ronnie Quasman, who is also in Margo and the Nuclear So-and-Sos. Um, and a lot of the credit goes to Brian for being like, hey, well, maybe try this and maybe try this. All, so, that, all that fancy production. I get above the title billing, but I'm only one of, uh, I'm a cog in the machine. And then uh, Wasted Away, the, the guitar is a very clean sound to it, almost like a country... Yeah, I, that, I, that one sounds like Tom Petty doing the GBV cover to me. Ooh, I like the way you describe it better. Well, you, you spend know. more time with it. Yeah, believe me. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I mean, I hope that your listeners are getting the sense. Like, the fuck is this record? Is but it, no, it, it's not nearly as complex as we may be making this sound. I mean, this is just Look, you can listen to it for free anywhere where people steal mm. artists' music and <laughs> give it away and keep all the money, and then if you like it. You can come see us play. We're playing July 10th at the... Oh, we're playing the Saturday night that the hideout reopens. Like the first oh, really? Weekend, the hideout oh, reopens. Oh, that's great. We're playing Saturday night. And then we're playing July 31st at Fitzgerald's in the afternoon. And that's free. You go there and you get, make a reservation. And then if you like what you hear on... You know there's a there's like a streaming service called Deezer? Deezer, no. You know why? Because nobody's ever heard of or used Deezer, but it keeps coming up. But you can listen to it on Deezer or whatever it is, or YouTube or whatever. And then if you like it, you can buy a record from a record store or from Bandcamp. You get more money if they buy it from Bandcamp, right? Look, I'm obviously a very wealthy man. Obviously. So, But yeah, I get a little... We'd prefer... You know what? They should buy it from me at the merch table at one of our shows. That's how you do it, people. But, uh, so vinyl for me, it, it's become, it was an obsession for the first part of my life, forgot about it for the second part, it's an obsession again. Where are you at yeah. with it? Oh, I never stopped. Okay. I have I have a room. You've got your man cave. It's been my life. It's been my whole life I since I was a kid. <laughs> I grew up in a house with a lot of records. So my dad was a big record collector, a mm-hmm. big jazz guy. My dad saw Mingus like three nights a week for four years <laughs> yeah. when he was 20 years old. So... I grew up revering recorded music, and so it's always been a part of my life. And uh, I used Spotify all the time because mm-hmm. I like having access to the history of recorded music sure. wherever I am all the time. But I spend more money on records than most people spend on food in a given year. Like, I, that's right. my life. That's where I'm at. And it, things just doubled and tripled during the pandemic. Yeah. At first, I love records but it was also like that was my connection with the outside world i knew if i ordered something it would come to my door and be like oh look i'm a a missive from from the outside absolutely there's also something about just like having the object 
I mean, we could oh, yeah. talk about, I mean, it doesn't have to be my record, but let's use my record since mm-hmm. I'm the one sitting in the passenger seat. But like, we could talk about my record as this like abstract thing that I made with some friends and it's ones and zeros and you can listen to it on your phone and move to the next thing. But like, this is an object. This is a tactile thing that a bunch of people spend a lot of time making. And in 40 years, when Spotify is controlled by the AI and you can only hear, <laughs> what are they going to hear? What's the punchline of that? Come on. I, I don't have the punchline. It's your no. joke. Yeah. Ariana Grande. Yeah, you could do anyway, worse. Anyway. But this will still be an object, and hopefully you can still find stuff. Here's the thing. I, When I'm at home, I the only time I listen to digital music at this point is when I'm screening for my radio show uh-huh. or when I'm preparing for an interview. Otherwise, I'm listening to records all day. You got a record player in the shower? What do you do? <laughs> I, I've got my little home office. Yeah. And I've got my stereo set up there. And it's all I do. And the interesting thing, David, my teenage son is now a record collector. And that's and I I, I don't know if you're the same way with, with your child, but I, I try not to impress what I do on my kids because I, I feel like that's the surest way to get them to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. And he came by record collecting, honestly, and record enthusiasm, honestly, and it's the coolest thing yeah, to see amazing. that generation say, you know, when are we going record shopping next? Yeah, I've been very lucky in that my daughter has really good taste <laughs> and she she likes good music and she like listens to good music. Well, I said before my my son is doing a terrible job with teenage rebellion. Because it, with music, I mean he's not going to upset me in any way. He bought the new Rotting Christ album. They're a Greek metal band. He showed it to me. I'm like, "Oh, cool. Can I listen to it?" <laughs> the rebellion that, is just falling apart. Well, how is he going to rebel? What's he going to do? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if I want to be know. like, Dad. I'm really into squash. I feel about squash, not the vegetable, the game. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I, I, I joined a highlight club. Yeah, that's, yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, no, that'd be a rebellion. All right. So, again, "Vicious Kicks" is the name of the new album by David Singer and the Sweet Science. Look, strangers out there in podcast land, just listen to it. What are you? What are you busy? Just put it on. Uh, I said it at the beginning. He agreed, but I think he he would have to. But uh, this is the best music work we've heard from David Singer and that's things anybody or from anybody it's redefined what art means in the 21st century (laughs) at the risk of hyperbole (laughs) it will change your life and it'll recontextualize what your ancestors did at the risk of hyperbole Uh, but it is and and David's put out tons of music through the years I've been listening from from the get-go this is it and I love to I mean how cool is that? And you don't answer this, uh, but how cool is that for someone to keep getting better? Like I said that to Scott Lucas of Local H too. I mean, his music and songwriting keeps getting better. He's and he's sixty-five years old. People 65, don't know that about yeah. Scott. Yeah, he's an old man. He looks amazing though. Yeah, good clean living. That's yeah. that's what you can say about Scott yeah, Lucas. Yeah, true. Uh huh. All right, so David Singer, I, I, you haven't even finished your food. I've been talking the whole time. Have you not noticed that I haven't stopped talking? Yeah, that's my fault. It's weird. It's not cool, really, but, you know. Just how the podcast works. I, I'm glad we got to do this because, you know, the last two times you are on the show, it was done over Zoom. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm over that. I'm still doing that occasionally, but I'm, I'm over it. I mean, that, never again. We're doing this tomorrow, right? Yeah, we'll keep coming back. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, bring Ron. Bring Simons. That's fine. Br- bring, bring your crew. How come we're not doing this uh, over at Nighthawk? We could be doing it after Nighthawk. So, I used to be in a band. Called Kid Million back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, Howard Windmiller, who is the drummer on this Vicious Kicks album and has been my musical partner for 30 years, 
and is the drummer in Kid Million, and Brendan Phillips, who's the bass player in Kid Million, and has been my friend since the seventh grade, opened a bar together, and the bar is called The Nighthawk, mm-hmm. and it's at the corner of Lawrence and Kimball, and they have delicious cocktails on an outdoor patio, and frankly, we messed up. We should have done it there. Next time. We'll, we'll do the intonation. Yeah, let's do that. That would be perfect. We'll hang out on the patio. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I did one there. I love their place. It's over right over by the uh, first stop of the Brown Line over there. Yeah. Awesome place. All right, but for tonight, we were at Roma's, which I strongly recommend. I mean, if you're looking for a beef sandwich, this is... There are, only, there are a handful of places that I can enthusiastically recommend. This recommend. is not one of those places that's owned by, like, venture capitalists from Massachusetts. This is a legit oh, yeah, this Chicago is mom and pop. Italian beef uh-huh. institution. Fred will take care of you. He'll talk your ear off. Come on over to Cicero and Montrose. And, and we can say whatever we want about Fred. He doesn't even have email. Yeah, He'll he, never hear this. He actually said, I don't even have the email. <laughs> That's how you know you're at the right Italian beef he's place. He's definitely younger than us, too, by the way. And he said he doesn't have the email. So, yeah, we say whatever we want. Yeah, no, we're, we're good. Don't uh, tell him what I said about the cops, just in case. So if you're watching and or listening, um, Carco and Carne, is, it's on all the different podcast platforms. And I will say, I, I've got to beat the drum one more time. Phonation, a Chicago podcast compilation, ceases its funding or fundraising efforts on June 25th at 8 p.m., I think, and I'm, I'm saying this with some bias, but I really do think this is a cool fucking idea, and I think it'll be awesome to have this on your shelf. Supporting 10, curation is important, as you know, David Singer. It is. Uh, 10 different Chicago podcasts, all different. They're all from different categories. It's not like five music-related podcasts and five sports podcasts. Each podcast has its own place, categorically. And I think it's going to be cool. If you can't support Foundation financially, share the information. Tell a friend. Yeah, share, totally. share it on social media. Uh, retweets cost you nothing. True story. Social capital. It costs you social capital. Social It does cost you. Okay. Uh, and, of course, Vicious Kicks, the new one from David Singer and the Sweet Science. Get it. Own it. Listen to it. Uh, David, thank you for doing this. The pleasure is all mine. I, thank I, you, all those people out there in podcast land, for uh, indulging us. And now I get to bust out the baby wipes that I keep in the back seat for this exact... Oh, yeah, that's why there's baby wipes in the backseat. I'm just saying. What else?